Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Lola Carney and Lisa Stasi. My story this week is basically a rewrite from the Charlie Project website because there's very little information available. Lola Carney was 40 years old in 1982. She was married to her fourth husband, George. She had three children. Two of them lived with her and George in 1982, and George was the father of just the youngest one. They were living on the 200 block of Whiskey Mill Road in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Clarksboro is an unincorporated community in Gloucester County. It has a population of 2,700. Lola was last seen at their home at 11 p.m. on September 12, 1982. George told her two children, the youngest being his also, that their mother left in the middle of the night and took $17,000, a handgun, and that she would not be coming back. Lola had left George before, but she always took the children and she would return a short time later. Lola left home driving a red 1993 Chevy Nova hatchback with New Jersey plates. The car didn't belong to her. It belonged to her sister. Lola's brand new Lincoln was left behind. The car and Lola haven't been seen since. If you were... If you were leaving your spouse, wouldn't you take the new car? Well, yeah. I would. Yeah. Why would you take your sister's car? Used car. Right. George refused to report Lola missing. He claimed that she was having an affair in September 1982. Lola and George argued often. Before she disappeared, she told her sister that she was thinking about moving out and filing for a divorce. Her sister finally reported her missing in January 1983, five months after she disappeared. Lola left her dentures behind when she went missing. George said that she had recently had a new set made, but this was not confirmed. You could find that out pretty easily. Well, Because you don't just, I don't, I mean, especially in 1980, you didn't, there wasn't a lot of options. Right, right. And I don't think that I would, I would certainly not run away uh, with my sister's used car and without dentures. Right. Let alone. My children. Your children. Right. Yeah. She has not renewed her driver's license or used her social security number. George later divorced Lola on the grounds of desertion. She was declared legally dead in 1990. Investigators bored through some concrete near Lola's house in 2004, but they found no evidence related to her disappearance. Police believe she is missing under suspicious circumstances and was probably murdered. Lola Carney was 40 years old in 1982. She would be 78 this year. She is described as Caucasian, 5'4", and 135 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She wears dentures. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Lola Carney, please call the East Greenwich Township Police Department at 856-423-4322. So do you have any idea how old these kids were? Elementary? High school? I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I didn't say anywhere Okay. how old they were. I'm 
yeah, I'm not really sure if she was 40. I mean, I can kind of guess mm-hmm. elementary to teenage, you know. Um, but they could be. They could be as old as 20. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, the oldest one didn't live. With them. With them. Yep. Um, and he claims that she took $17,000. That's a lot of money today. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And a handgun. And... I mean, what, you take that out of the bank? Does that, what does that prove? I, I, I just, I just, there's no, there's no, there's no indication that everything she had done before, this wasn't part of it. She right. wasn't afraid to be alone. She'd been married four times. Right. She, she could, she could make it. Right. Um, yeah, she wasn't afraid of divorcing him. Right. If she and she had, to. she had left before and had taken mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah. Um, so the fact that she left without taking the kids is strange. Yeah. Um, the $17,000, first of all, that's a lot of money yeah. to have in the, in, the, in the 1980s. But there's no, I, I guess there's no proof that she had the money. Um, and the gun, you know, uh, there's, there's, no, there's no indication. However, she took the lesser of the vehicles and... Um, and I couldn't find. There was nowhere that it said why that why she had her sister's car in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, nowhere did it say she borrowed the vehicle for this or that. She or drove that there. vehicle, and he drove the other one, or yeah. anything like that. But and well, also and, she and, wouldn't leave without her dentures. No, no. She wouldn't have left without her children, and she wouldn't have left without her dentures. No. If she was running away, um, because she was in love with somebody else, she sure would have taken her dentures. Yeah. Well, and going back to the seventeen thousand dollars, I mean, in nineteen eighty, there wasn't there wasn't ATMs like you had to go into a bank and take that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like all banks in nineteen eighty would have had cameras. Well, at least in the there main. would have been a transaction indication. Yeah. And but but just so let's say she did go into the bank yeah. and did withdraw seventeen thousand dollars. That doesn't mean she had it when when she left. Right. That doesn't mean I drew out $200, that doesn't mean I kept it, or that, uh, um... Well, and if I she mean, was, yeah. if she was planning on leaving him, right? you know, that it, it wouldn't seem unreasonable for her to take that money out if it was her money, right? and she needed it to restart, right. and... Right, it would have made sense. Yeah. However, all the other stuff doesn't make sense at all. No. She didn't take the new car, she didn't take, she didn't take her kids. When she had left before, she had taken the kids. And, um, and then her dentures. I mean, I think that, that, uh, there's just, it may not be the same today as it was then, but my mother wore dentures and, uh, I never saw her not once in my whole life without her dentures. Sure. We lived in the same house Mm -hmm. and I never once saw her without her dentures. It was, you just, she just didn't. It was, like a, it was like a pride yeah oh yeah. yeah oh yeah you didn't it it I feel like we're not in the same place that today to see somebody right. without teeth that might not be so strange but it certainly would have been mm-hmm. it would have been an unusual thing and it would have been I mean my I never saw my mother yeah once without without her dentures in so I just it just seems like a strange thing to have to have left without it is and then uh, the car nobody reported the car missing either like it's one thing to not report your sister your wife or your sister missing because well maybe she's she'll come back or something but she had your car <laughs> you know right I, and maybe they did i don't know but we know that she wasn't reported missing 
for five for months. For five months. But if you, like, for example, you have a sister that lives in another state. Right. And we don't know where her sister lived. Right. It, so it could have been, and, and I wouldn't, uh, my sisters live, all my sisters live in another state, and I wouldn't know. Uh, I could talk to them. They could call me. Right. I wouldn't necessarily know where they were at when right. they called. And uh, it's possible that you, you know, you wouldn't maybe know. For um, an amount of time. Right, for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. Um, but... I suspect because she was forty. I suspect those kids were old enough to maybe be able to talk about that. Yeah. Where is she? What is she doing? So. Right. Hmm. I also hate it when their stories are so short, and the um. Like there's times looking at the Charlie Project, which is where I get most of mm-hmm. my information from, um, that it's one sentence. Yeah. It's one sentence about somebody's whole whole life. Yeah. I know. It's one sentence. It's just so upsetting to me that um, that there's so little that a a life could be boiled down to one sentence. Right. Right. And that that's all that's left of them. And even recent cases. Yeah. You know where now now we're talking about a case that's in the seventies or sixties, but to have somebody, um, it just makes me very it makes me very sad that the only thing left behind. There may be children, there may be other things, but the only thing left is a single sentence. Right, just the day that they disappeared. Yep. Or the day they were last seen or something. Yep, yep, and yeah. it, that just, it just kind of breaks my heart. In August 1984, Lisa Elledge married Carl Stasi one month before their daughter, Tiffany Lynn, was born. They lived in Lisa's hometown of Huntsville, Alabama at the time. Huntsville is in the Appalachian region of, the, of northern Alabama and has a population of over 200,000. Because Carl didn't have insurance, they moved to Kansas City, Kansas. The marriage was troubled and was over by December of 1984. Carl re-enlisted in the military and moved to Illinois. Lisa and Tiffany moved into the Hope House, a shelter for battered women in Kansas City. While staying at the Hope House, Lisa met John Edward Robinson Sr. He used the alias John Osborne at the time. He told her that she could join the Kansas City Outreach Program that helped young mothers. Robinson told her that the program would provide free room and board while she studied for her GED. Lisa and Tiffany checked into room 131 at the Roadway Inn in Overland Park in January 1985. On the morning of January 10th, Robinson picked up Lisa and Tiffany from her sister-in-law's house. Lisa left her yellow Toyota Corolla and all of her belongings behind. Lisa called her mother-in-law hysterical and said that she had been told that her mother-in-law was trying to gain custody of Tiffany because Lisa was an unfit mother. Lisa calmed down and told her mother-in-law that someone was trying to get her to sign four blank sheets of paper. Carl's mom told Lisa not to sign anything without further guidance. Lisa was never heard from again. She was 19 years old. Lisa's sister-in-law found out that Lisa had checked out of the hotel on January 10th. She reported her missing on January 11th. She also found that Lisa's stay had been paid for with a credit card from Equil, that's spelled E-Q-U-I space, either with a number two, uh, I and an I, but I think that means it's equal. Sure. Is the, it, I, I could be saying that wrong, and, uh, but E-Q-U-I space I-I. Uh, but 
so I'm calling it Equal, a management consulting firm. Lisa's brother and sister-in-law found out that Robinson owned Equal and that the Kansas City Outreach Program was a charitable arm of the organization. When the brother-in-law confronted Robinson, Robinson became angry and shoved him out of the building. When investigators looked into Robinson, they found that he had a criminal history of embezzling former employees, stealing company supplies, and securities fraud. Through Equal, Robinson wanted young mothers to be referred to the Kansas City Outreach Program after their stay at the Truman Medical Center, a hospital in Kansas City. The administrators became concerned when Robinson favored the Caucasian mothers over the African-American mothers. The, so the social workers knew that healthy Caucasian babies garnered higher profits in the black market baby brokering trade. It's just... I, I just can't I even... didn't know. I mean, I... This is terrifying. I heard stories that this was actually something, but I didn't actually know. It just seems like a nightmare. In March 1985, Robinson approached the investigators and told them that Lisa had babysat for a woman that he knew. The woman had told Robinson that Lisa no longer wanted contact with her family and that that was why she had disappeared. When pressed, the woman reported that Robinson had blackmailed her to tell the story. She stated that she had never seen Lisa or Tiffany. He then changed the story to say that Lisa became involved with Bill and they moved to Colorado. There was little evidence to prove that this is accurate. And who was Bill? It's it just some... Oh, that was just up, a name. Just okay. a, it made, gotcha. made up. Okay. Um, um, uh, just a, just a, distra a, a distraction. Smokescreen. Yep, yep. Sure. smokescreen. In late 1985, Lisa's family and employees of the Hope House received type letters that were supposedly written by Lisa. These notes were received at the same time that the investigation against Robinson was increasing. Authorities believe that Robinson wrote the letters on blank pieces of paper that Lisa had signed. The letters were similar to ones that were allegedly written by a woman missing from Overland Park, Paula Godfrey, who had accepted a job from Robinson. Eventually, Robinson was convicted of fraud and theft charges in 1987 and suffered a series of strokes in 1990. He was released from prison in 1991. In the mid-90s, Robinson started an online service to lure women into rough sexual situations. He went by the screen name Slave Master. He had numerous sexual assault charges against him by 1999. Federal authorities looked further into Robinson and a storage unit that was linked to his name. They discovered five bodies of missing women inside the business. Robinson was charged with three counts of murder, including Lisa's presumed homicide. At the trial in 2001, Robinson's wife testified that he had brought an infant to their home in 1985. The infant was dirty, and he did not have the adequate supplies to care for the child. She purchased supplies for the child, who was eventually turned over to Robinson's brother and sister-in-law, who were not able to have children. The child was raised as Heather Robinson. A DNA test was performed in November of 2000, and it was determined that Carl Stasi was Heather Robinson's biological father. On October, in October 2002, Robinson was convicted of the murder of a former employee, Catherine Clampett, and the disappearance of Lisa Stasi and Paula Godfrey. Lisa's remains have never been located. Lisa Stasi was last seen on January 9, 1985. She was 19 years old when she went missing. She would be 55 years old today. She stood 5'11 and weighed 115 pounds. She's a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes. Her maiden name is Elledge. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Lisa Stasi, please contact the Overland Park Police Department at 
344-8764. This is like one of the most terrifying stories. I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about this before, maybe not on this podcast, but in our, in our work, how people who have ill intentions place themselves in just the right jobs in just the right organizations. Predators. Yeah. Find, seek out yep. opportunities mm-hmm. to prey yeah. on people. In places that, in organizations and, and companies and Volunteer. places that you would think, you would hope that you would be able to trust. Coaches. Yeah. Um, teachers. Pastors. Uh, pastors. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, where they have access to their, to those that they can prey upon. Right. And Especially this is a perfect example. On a, yeah, a, a vulnerable woman, mm-hmm. young woman with young. an infant. She would have been, you know, she was 19 years old. That's just terrifying. With a, uh, a child and somebody's offering to help and, and in a new place, not not knowing who to trust, right. um, feeling very vulnerable. I mean, you would be. Yeah, you would. You would take any help that was probably offered to you. Right. And, I mean, I'm 52 years old, and I feel like this is this is beyond my ability to kind of comprehend that somebody would. Um, kill a person and steal their baby uh, it just it, it's it's a nightmare yeah. but a 19 year old girl desperate she needs all the help she can get she yeah. hadn't she hadn't completed high school she had few resources but I also want to say that the brother and sister-in-law that adopted this child and, and the wife, right. that you, you come home with a child, a dirty child. Right, nobody questioned this infant. That you don't even have the clothes for? How, what, do you just pick this child up off the street? What? Um, well, she, and she bears some responsibility in this. because beca- And then also, but also the Robinsons. Yeah. The, uh, the family that raised Heather Robinson. Well, and do we, I mean, if he was this master manipulator... I mean, did he have fake papers or something for these Robinsons to sign so that they thought that this was legal? Or, I mean, wouldn't you you question, like, where this baby came from? You know, I I would say that... um, I mean, because he had these women sign these random papers, you know? He he was... I, I think that it's possible that if you're desperate... Yeah. And desperately want a child. You may not ask all the questions sure. that need to be asked. Um, and and I hope that Heather was raised in a loving, nurturing environment. Um, I really hope that she was was given all the opportunities uh, that a young person needs. Right. But. They had to know something was up. And I would say that somebody like um, Robinson would have been... He, his sketchy behavior, sketchy 
stuff, it would have shown up in a lot of different ways. Right. You would know, maybe, maybe, maybe if you benefit from your brother-in-law's sketchiness, maybe you don't really pay attention. Sure, sure. But do we know? Do we know how old Carl Stasi was? I think that around the same age. I think that he was probably a little bit older. Okay. Uh, because he had re-enlisted in the military. I think that's how they had met. Sure. And so I would say that he was in his early twenties. Okay. But maybe I mean, if you re-enlist, you have to have been in the military for four years or something. I don't know if, if I don't know how that kind of works, but yeah. uh, he had re-enlisted and that was stated. So he was he was a little bit older. Sure. Um, but that marriage is over in a year, less than a year, and she doesn't even know how to live by herself, much less with a child. Yeah. And how do you work in a town? You know, it's one thing when you're in your home area where you you have your support systems, but she had she had Carl's sister in, in that community, yeah. her sister in law, and um, and her mother in law, and her mother in law, and which was helpful, yeah. but um, it would be uncomfortable, maybe yeah. mm -hmm. could be because it was, you know, it was a fast marriage. It was quick. Right. It was under duress, maybe because she was nine months pregnant, eight months pregnant, and. Um, but yeah, but the the in laws would still have a you know a vested interest in her because of that baby, right? You know, so I mean, right? And whether and, they didn't get along they, or anything, right? They and still it doesn't. It appears child. it appears as if they were supportive of yeah. her, and they were supportive of her and the child, and right. um, it it seems absolutely that they were supportive of her. Um, this Robinson, he just set up this perfect perfect place for her to this trap, right? Because of course she would go there. To you know, of course, to study her GED and a place, have a place a, to go a place and to live, not not living with, um, you know, not living off of anybody else yeah. and, and uh, trying to make it on her own and. Of course, that sounds appealing to her, you know. But, you know, and when you think about it, and I, just in the people that we know and the people that we've dealt with, a week stay in a hotel. The promise of a week stay in a hotel. Yeah. Um, or more, or, you know, and that's it. Right. Right. It, I think that, well, she was certainly vulnerable and desperate. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people that are desperate. Yeah. Really desperate. Well, yeah, and he was in a, the right enough, place right. to find those. Right. He had placed himself perfectly. Yeah. Um, and... You know, one night stay in a safe, dry, and warm place. Right. I just, it makes you appreciate what you have um, when you realize how vulnerable some people really are. Yeah. And you look at, you look at, Teenagers who have run away from home. Um, and the kind of traps that predators like him mm -hmm. can lay out for them. Yeah. A promise of a better life. A promise of a better life. A uh, warm place to stay. Food in your belly. Yep. Um, your baby's taken care of. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we never see them again. 
And she was a baby herself. She was 19 years old. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles for this case, can be found at our website at gone-podcast.com. Katie, as you're as you're slamming your Dr. Pepper, because <laughs> <laughs> that's how you roll. Um, what do you have for us today? I have random facts that I have no clue if they're actually legit or not. Oh, so but, it's random statements <laughs> under the guise of facts. But I think that they're true. <laughs> so just so, take, take my word for it. <laughs> so, so this is random information that may or may not be true. But you believe. Take it for what it is. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. yes. You can vet it yourself. <laughs> right. Look right. it up. It's okay. on the internet. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> the bulletproof vest was actually invented by a pizza delivery guy from Detroit after he was shot twice on the job. Oh. My. God. I know. Pizza delivery is dangerous. Oh, I had no idea. In why Chicago? You, that's why in you Chicago? tip Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Oh, well, I mean, I... That's why yes. you tip your pizza delivery. You, and you should tip your pizza delivery because it's hard freaking work. It is hard work, especially in northern Minnesota. In northern Minnesota in the winter, yeah. which is when we're all ordering pizzas <laughs> yeah. to be delivered to our house. <laughs> but the hard part is delivering the pizza without taking a bite. Yes. I would be like, and your whole pizza, your clothes, they would all smell like pizza all the time. I would work there for one day because I would get fired for eating all the pizza. Well, one bite. sticks and yeah, one, just, just a nibble out of everything. Yeah, just a nibble. <laughs> it would be torture. It'd be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're part of the reason they need the vest. <laughs> Studies show that cows produce more milk when listening to relaxing music. Do with that what you will. As opposed to no music? As or? opposed to like heavy rock, I suppose, maybe? Well. I don't know. I mean, I, when I've, you know, I can see like getting a lot of things done when you're listening to some rock and roll music. But not necessarily producing milk. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. I just, I think there'd be, I just. It's just, it's a random thing to, to Right, know. okay, right, right, it's right. It's very you random. You said, you said it's random, unvetted, and facts, yeah. It's, it's statements, I want to say statements, because <laughs> in case there's any lawyers out there uh, listening to this. Right. <laughs> that we've not made a false claim right, about right. anything. Chickens can see daylight 45 minutes before humans can. No. Well, I think that that's why roosters, caw-caw, caw-caw, whatever they do, roo rooster, rooster, whatever they do in the morning. Yeah, I don't think it, that it's even close. Oh, well, whatever they do. Uh, they, 45 minutes early. Yes, I think that that's why they do it so early, because they can see it earlier than we can. Again, just take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> a guy, and I'm gonna pronounce I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong, but this guy's name is Guy De Maupassant. Ate lunch at the base of the Eiffel Tower almost every day because he hated it, and that was the only place in Paris from which he could not see it. <laughs> <laughs> so take that. Really? I guess so. So he hated the Eiffel Tower. He hated it so much, and that was the only place that he so could he put not his see back it. to it. Yep. If you leave Tokyo by plane at 7 a.m., you will arrive in Honolulu at approximately 4.30 p.m. the previous day. 
That is exactly the way to do it. Yes. Yes. It's like time travel. Gain a half a day. Yeah. Weird. You'd be living the same day twice. Which could be good and could be terrible. It'd be like a real life Groundhog's Day movie. For? I mean, you'd be on the plane the whole time, I guess, but... <laughs> so not so great. So maybe not so interesting. Right. Wearing your mask. Crying babies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody kneeing you in the back. Um, <laughs> right. Tepid water. <laughs> maybe it's not so great. I don't even know how to pronounce this number, but there are... A number? There are, there are 170 bazillion, I don't even know how many zeros that is, ways to play the first 10 opening moves in chess. A bazillion? Bazillion. 170 bazillion? 170 bazillion. Well, as I'm trying to teach myself how to play chess mm. online, without instructions, mm. learning, I believe that's to be, I believe that's true. Sure. But how, how to play, play the first move? The first... There's that many different ways to play the first ten opening okay. moves in chess. Okay. Which I don't even know what that means, but it's a lot. I can just tell you that there's that many ways to lose at chess. Sure. Unless you can cheat, which I do. <laughs> I reverse moves so that I get... Sure. Big. You just jump so over it, people? It, it, well, no, I reverse the moves so that I can... My, they didn't, they didn't um, take my pointy... Oh. Uh, the pointy guy and the... Sure. Uh, Crowny girl, and yeah, I don't even really know. You that. really know chess. I, you're really in deep. There's, yeah, there's yeah. one with the cross. I mean, you're close to be professional. <laughs> you're cross, really close. And there's just kind of the little, it looks like a... There's like a donkey or something. You no, know, I don't have any donkeys. I don't have any donkeys. But I do have what looks like kind of like a like a Hershey's Kiss. Mm. It can only go straight. Okay. Forward. Oh. And can't do anything else. And it can jump to the side, but that's it. I don't even know what their names wow. are. Wow. I know, but if I had somebody to play with, but I am so slow and annoying that nobody would want to play with me. Hmm. I asked a seven-year-old, and he said no. Oh, well. He said that he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, let me win, ever. Well. So I took my chess set and left. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's sad but true. It's sad but true. <laughs> His name is Oliver. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get there. When a tiger roars, it can be heard two miles away. I, you know what? So this is a tiger, but it was a lion. I was watching it. <laughs> I was watching it as I was in bed. And the lion has this mane, this, this mane that is, like, it, you know, like, the swirly, like, Farrah Foster sure. kind of, I mean, it yeah. is, this lion was beautiful. <laughs> and, um, uh, but this, this, and this face, but to hear to hear that in the dark at Ooh, night, duh. I would just, I just, I just, I just pop over dead. Just, just yeah. I'm not even gonna run. I don't know where you are. Right. But it would raise the hair yes, on I all. Yes, I was gonna say that. It oh. would, and my heart would stop. Yeah. Oof, duh. Yeah. So this is a great story. So David, <laughs> David worked at a summer camp uh, in the northern Minnesota, and uh, there they, a lot of the staff came from other countries. And so there was a staff person that came from Zimbabwe, and he could take a rock in his, in his I think it was maybe his, his, his middle finger and his thumb, and snap it, oh. and, it, and it flew straight. He could kill birds with it. I oh mean, my it, gosh. Was, it, was, it was wicked. Wow. But he could also, 
<laughs> he can also make a guttural roar um, that, that uh, in the middle of camp, in the middle of night, would oh make you gosh. just... But this, this, this sound that is just... You, you just don't hear, but yeah, in northern it, Minnesota, you, it just <laughs> creeped out his co coworkers and I bet and the idea of that just scares me. So yeah, I, I run around all the time with the lights on, <laughs> even outside. In 1962, Bruce Lee landed 15 punches and a kick that knocked out his opponent in a fight that lasted that lasted 11 seconds. 15 punches and a kick in 11 seconds. What? It's fast. That's super fast. Yeah. U.S. scientists calculated that Santa would have to visit 822 homes a second to deliver all the presents on Christmas Eve, which he absolutely does. It's magic. He does. I don't even know why we're talking about it. We're not. (laughs) Elvis Presley got a C in his eighth grade music class. (laughs) Because he was all shook up. He was... He, he was, can you imagine actually trying to teach somebody who's got any kind of, oh my gosh. you know, I mean, what kind of teenager would he have been? Well, uh, confident. Yes. Uh, it would be really difficult. <laughs> right. Like right. pink. How would you, if yeah. you were a choir teacher? It'd be difficult. It'd be difficult. Giraffe tongues are about 21 inches long. Oh, that makes sense. Which they also use to clean their ears. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is my last one. 21 inches long. I think that would be as long as my arm. That's really gross. Uh, I mean, they have big necks. Is that where it all goes? I, well, I mean, I or in the pocket. Their, I don't know. Where their I suppose... tongue start at like their chest and then... I, I, I don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, Tongues yeah. are generally gross. They're, they're very gross. They're very gross. Bananas and humans share about half the same DNA, which means humans... Are fifty percent identical to bananas? Yeah, I see that. I mean, duh. <laughs> Squishy in the middle. Um, like, who did that? Like, why? let's test a and let's test a banana DNA and a person. Let's compare and see if we're related. <laughs> You'd think that something that actually had a heartbeat, you know, a right. brain function, so weird, would be similar, but I guess not. Well, I have something um, that I know to be a fact. Okay. I have things that I know to be a fact um, because I found it on the internet. <laughs> Obviously. And uh, so these are, I don't know, there's probably a word for it, but I don't know what it is. It's National Recognition Days. Hmm. So. Right. So. Uh, and I'm just going to, <laughs> I'm embarrassed because I've written, I've written, you know, f- five months worth. Of things that I want to remember because that you know as opposed to keeping the website I don't know why right. I don't know why but I'm just gonna read you the best okay so and the things that I want to celebrate in my life okay and January 3rd is the national fruitcake toss I would lob that fruitcake foam 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 because it's the only good use of a fruit no they're like yeah they're like bricks nasty Ugh. nasty bricks uh, January 13th is a rubber ducky day hmm. um, the 21st of January is Squirrel Appreciation. Mm. February 2nd is Tater Tot Day. Um, the 16th of February is Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Can I just say every day? I could just use that. I could just every day just yeah. do a grouch a favor day because mm-hmm. I need more favors. Because <laughs> I am the grouch. I am the grouch. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, today is what is today? Today is uh, March sixth, and it's today or you, is March fourth. Oh, <laughs> that's disappointing because there's no national days. Today's national. There probably is. You just were on the right web website. National National um, Darn Your Socks Day. Oh. Yeah. You totally just made that up. I totally just made that up. <laughs> but you can't prove it that that's not. So the, the 16th of, of March is National Panda Day. Oh, my favorite. But the 18th is Awkward Moments Day. Can I just say every day? Every day. My whole life. My whole, whole Last. life. Uh, March 23rd is Puppy Day. Oh, but March 22nd is National Goof Off Day. Oh. I don't... I think as opposed that, to, like, yesterday? Like as opposed today. to... Well, I mean, and, and what... what? There's no... There, there are ramifications for these things. Right. The 28th of March is something on a stick day. Hmm. Okay. And also in March is National Corndog Day. And... Sloppy Joe Day. Okay. Untidy Josephs. Untidy Josephs, right. A sloppy <laughs> yeah. Joe. Untidy right. Joseph. Untidy Joseph, which is the best thing to call a little boy. I think a yeah. little boy called a sloppy Joe an untidy Joseph, which is a proper name for it. Um, so March 29th is National Mom and Pop Shop Day, which I just, that's just fun to say. Yeah. And the 31st is Crayon Day. Oh. Any color crayon. No, it doesn't matter. We're not going to. Sure. Not, you don't. No judgment. Right. Uh, the third full week of March is National Introverts Week. Oh. Where you do nothing. You go nowhere and you do nothing. Just like all of 2020. Right. Um, but on April 1st, the first Thursday of April you could, is Burrito Day. Oh, yum. Burritos. That sounds yummy. Yeah. The uh, April 4th is National Unicorn Day. Huh. And uh, the 17th of April is Haiku Day. Oh. I think we should do Haiku on the 14th. I don't understand Haikus. I can spell 17th. Sorry, it's the 17th. Uh, the 22nd of April is Jelly Bean Day. Mm. And um, the first week of April is the International Pooper Scooper Week. Please scoop your poop. It's a poop swamp out there poop once soup. it starts. It's poop soup. Oh, that's disgusting. That's what we used to call it, poop oh, soup in the yard. that's exactly what it is. But but you have to leave it alone. No, you have, you, to, you you have, have to, to get it when it's frozen. Well, you, you, you Get either, out there yeah. now. So you either do it while it's happening, while it's frozen, or if you don't, you have to leave it alone until it dries, and then you just rake it all up. But but I just want to say, or you could just, you could you don't have to get it right away. Let, let it freeze. Let it freeze. Right. And then... And then get it's it. It's easier to get it, yeah. And then get it. Right. But you can't leave it all winter. It's so gross. My neighbor used to do that, and <laughs> it was, it's fine, but you have to live next to a poop swamp <laughs> for, I mean, it can be a month, depending on how things roll. Right. So, uh, then the other last two days are on May 3rd. It's the day to wear two different colored shoes. Oh. I've done that before. <laughs> on accident. On accident. Walking and Oops. I got dressed They in looked dark. very similar. They they were the same <laughs> brand and type of shoe, just different colors. <laughs> and then the worst day ever, February 9th, Lost Sock Day. Oh. Uh, Lost Sock Day. I mean. Those are good. 
Those are that's that's all I have. But so then I'm gonna collect the rest of the year from <laughs> June on, and I'll tell you those next week. Sounds good. <laughs> okay.